Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. Last week, we began a series here in Ephesians five. And I'll be honest with you, Ephesians five is not an easy book. There are, there are books that um, uh, are chapters that are easy to, to preach through. And when I say easy, because it's um, so encouraging and maybe the topic matter isn't so heavy. But when Paul writes the church at Ephesus, and he gets to chapter number five, and as we study through this chapter, we're going to get into some things that are difficult, some things that are difficult to, to live. When we get into, over the next couple weeks, uh, and don't, don't miss these messages, we're going to get into Ephesians 5, verse 22, where it says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as, a, as unto the Lord. We're going to get into um, where it says, husbands, love your wives, even as, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Those are easy to read, but boy, it's difficult to live. It's difficult. I believe this in society that we're facing today and we're living in today, it's just doing everything it possibly can to destroy the home, to utterly destroy it. it it's proven, it's proven that, that uh, children that grow up in a home without a father figure have more difficulties in certain areas than those that grow up in a home with a father figure. But I would say to us as Christian men, it's not enough that our kids grow up in a home with a father figure. That father figure ought to be a godly father figure. They ought to be a godly husband, a godly father. The same would be the case with the moms and the, the wives as well. And so we're going to get into some things, and we started last uh, week on, on the life of a Christian. I want to begin reading in verse number eight, if you'd follow along with me today. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And look what Paul says here, walk as children of light. What is he saying? You, you be what you now are, walk, walk or live as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For who, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunken with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We conclude our reading with verse number 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Father, I pray today that you would just calm our hearts and 
Lord, remove any distractions that we might have. Lord, this past week, for some, it may have been a difficult week, a stressful week. Some, it may be a very discouraging week. Lord, some are looking at this upcoming week and looking maybe at some problems, uncertainty. Lord, I pray for these next few moments that you would allow them to put those things aside, that they would simply allow you to speak to their heart and we'd be obedient to your leading. Lord, I pray if there's someone here today that maybe has not gone through a discouraging time, but is encouraged. I pray, Lord, that you would do the same with them. Lord, just allow them to concentrate today on your word. And Lord, I pray today that you would mold us and make us what you would have us to be. I pray that your word would change us. I pray that we'd heed it and we'd listen to it and we obey it and we apply it to our life. And Lord, I pray you help us do a work only that you can do. And I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. The, the apostle Paul instructs the church, look with me in verse number two, we saw this last week. He said, I want you to do this, walk in love. He says in verse number eight, what we just read was walk as children of light. In verse number 15, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly or, or that word circumspectly, carefully, cautiously. Be careful as you're living. That word, that word um, walk, as Paul uses three times here in chapter five, what that could also be interpreted as is live. This is how you are to live. You are to live in love. You are to live as children of light. You are to live circumspectly or carefully, cautiously in our life. This, this led Paul right into verse number 22, as we'll get there in the future here. He gets right into marriage, how one should look, how one should live. And so Paul is speaking to the church here at Ephesus and, and speaking to us here today through this passage of scripture on how a Christian should live, how a Christian should walk. The believer in Christ is different. We're not the same. We're, we're, we're not the same as the world. And, and so Paul is addressing these things for us. They're, they're noticeably different. The Christian is noticeably different when the Christian is yielded to the spirit of God, when the Christian is obedient to the word of God, the Christian is noticeably different than the world. In society, there's a stark difference. And it is as different as darkness and light. And you would have to agree, there's a difference. It's as different in our homes as, as darkness and light. The, the Christian is noticeably different in their community, how they live, what they speak about, what they stand for is noticeably different. In the workplace, this word walk in these verses is interpreted live. It's how the Christian ought to live. Live in love, live as children of light, live carefully. And this involves living in every area of our life. 
And so Christian, the Christian life is not just a religious experience or not just something that takes place on Sunday. The Christian life causes us to be distinctly different in every area of our life. I want you to see here in verse number eight, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, just simply this, our beginning. And this is the distinction, the difference that it makes in a Christian life. And this is, I want you to see the beginning. Paul begins with our story in verse number eight. We all have a story, don't we? And Paul begins with this story. He says, for ye were sometimes darkness. In verse number eight, he's summing up where we all began. There were several years ago, Finding your ancestors was a, a really big thing. Did anybody ever try that? Ancestry.com. You can go and, and figure out where you came from. My, um, my, when my dad passed away, when he, they buried him, they buried him in a cemetery in Port Huron, Michigan, just across the bridge from Canada. And there at that cemetery, there was a whole, whole bunch of, of Rand's uh, uh, people that were buried in this, in this cemetery. And I knew some of them, my grandfather, my grandmother, my dad had a sister that died of polio when she was five and she was buried there. And my uncle had a daughter that, that uh, 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 was scolded to death, really, a babysitter, uh, put her in a bathtub with, with hot water, burning hot water, and it killed this little baby. And, and I didn't know my cousin, I never met her, but there at this cemetery plot was many people with the last name of Rands that were buried. My brother, as we were talking about that, my brother said, you know, I was, I was really curious where our family is from, and you probably could figure it out with the red hair. We, 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 we're not from Africa, we're not from China. We, um, we're from, you guessed it, Ireland. And he, he began to, to go to research where our family was from. And, and he found that our family came from Ireland and the UK over to Canada. And, and there our, our uh, ancestors kind of stayed in Canada for a little while. Then they came from Canada down into Michigan and uh, uh, pretty much stayed in that area. And so he went back and he said, you know, what's really exciting. He said, I, I traced our family all the way back to the 1500s. And he showed us every, everywhere and where our family is from. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I told him, I said, you know, I traced our family too. And he said, you did. I said, I traced my family, our family, all the way back to a, to a, a wretched farmer and a drunken sailor. And he said, you did what? I said, I traced this all the way back. He said, well, who is that? I said, Adam is that, drunk, that wretched farmer and, and Noah was that drunken sailor. Every one of us were traced back to that. And, and um, he, he's not the smartest guy. He, he thought I was, he's like, wow, that's interesting. What year was that? He didn't remember much, I guess, from Sunday school. But the reality is this, all of us have the same beginning. Every one of us, can be traced back to this wretched farmer and this drunken sailor. Every one of us, we have a beginning. Matter, matter of fact, the Bible speaks of that. If you'll just turn a page or so over in your Bible, there to Ephesians chapter number two, would you look there with me in Ephesians chapter two and see what Paul says? Paul says in verse number one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. 
This is, this is where all of us began. When we were born into this world, we were born dead in trespasses and sin. Just as Paul was saying in verse number eight of chapter five, for ye were sometimes darkness. That's what Paul is saying. We, at one time, all of us were lost. None of us were born into this world saved. None of us were born into this world as a, as a child of God. We were God's creation, but we were born in darkness. And Paul goes on to say in chapter two, wherein in, uh, we're dead in trespass and sin, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is our past. This is where every single human being is from. Among whom also, in verse three, three, whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Paul gives us this story of our beginning. Look with me, if you would, in the book of Colossians, just a little bit over, a book or two over from where we're at, Colossians chapter number two. Paul is writing to the church at Colossae and he says this to them in verse number 13, Colossians 2, 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. The beginning of that verse, and you being dead in your sins. We see that Paul starts the beginning here. He shows us that every single one of us started the same way as sinners. Every single one of us, none of us were born favorable to God. Every one of us were born in dead and trespasses in sin. And the only way that a person can be redeemed, the only way that a person can spend eternity with God is not because of their pedigree, not because of their ancestors, not because of their wealth, and not because of their good works, because every one of us, no matter where you come from, no matter where you're from, we are dead in trespasses in sin. The only way that a person can be reconciled to God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And Paul is, is speaking to this. He's laying this foundation. And this is important because so many people are trying to do this their way. People get confused about religion and what we're speaking about today has nothing to do with religion. Paul himself was confused in religion before he met Jesus Christ. Con religion just confuses people. Man's way only brings confusion. It's only through God's way that a man can be healed, that a man could be saved, can a man be reconciled back to God because all of us have the same beginning. But Paul, number two, I want you to see this. Although we had a, uh, a beginning, it all started bad. It all ends great for those that go by the way of Jesus Christ. He says this, but now you are the light in the Lord. Look with me again in Ephesians chapter number five, same verse, verse number eight. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Now there's a difference. We're not the same. 
hear me today. We didn't just turn over a new leaf. We're not just trying to do something differently. We're not digging down deep inside of us and, and finding the inner man and that, that inner strength. Because no matter how big and how deep you dig, if you're trying to find it in yourself, you're always going to come up empty. Because we're dead. We're dead in trespasses and in sin. That's the best that we can do. But it ends great for those that have come through Jesus Christ. Look what Paul says in verse number eight. For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Go back to Ephesians chapter number two, just a page over. You'd find this that Paul says. Paul says that again, we're quickened who are dead in trespasses and sin in verse one. But he says this in verse number four, but God, but God, it's God that changes everything who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And Paul, he puts here, just in case you forgot, just in case, he, he, he's going to remind us again, by grace ye are saved. It's not because of anything you've done. It's not because of who you are, but it's because of God's love for us and who Jesus Christ is. And that took us from being lost and dead and trespasses and sin, hopeless, without any hope, to a place where we're now quickened. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Verse number six. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Paul is, is, is he's, he's, he's just driving this home. It's all through Christ Jesus. It's all through Christ Jesus. It's all through Christ Jesus. He there in Princes, for by grace ye are saved. What he's reminding us consistently is it's because of Christ. In verse number eight, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created, he says it again, in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Paul says it here in chapter number two, that it's because of Jesus Christ and because we're now his workmanship that created in Christ Jesus under good works, not that we're to work for our salvation, if by grace are we saved, but now that we are saved, there is a way, a, a life, a, a, a walk that every believer ought to have. Why? Because we're not the same anymore. If it was something that I did, if it was something I could do, then tomorrow it could all change. But my hope of eternity, my hope of, of rec being reconciled back to God is entirely upon the work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, it changes everything. 
I'm now a child of God. Look with me in Colossians, if you would, please. Back in Colossians chapter number two. Look what Paul says. He's just driving this home. He says this, and you being dead in your sins, in the uncircumcised of your flesh, it's, it's, it's hopeless. But hath he quickened together with him. Look what he says, having forgiven you all trespasses. Forgive you all trespasses or all sin. So Paul says, walk as children of light or live. What you are, not what you once were. Now, the question is this. Paul lays his foundation out. He lays it out from the beginning. We're, we're dead in trespasses and sin, but because of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, we're alive. And Paul says in chapter five of, Ephes, or chapter five of Ephesians, in verse number eight, walk as children of light. And what Paul is saying, now do something with this. There's no excuses. Listen to me, church. We live in a very dark world. Paul warned Timothy that in the end, there's going to be perilous times are going to come. And he challenges Timothy with that to preach the word, to stand fast. The world being dark is not an excuse for the Christian not to walk in light. The world getting darker is never an excuse for a child of God not to live under the power of the Spirit of God. And so we see the beginning. We see that it had an awful beginning, but it ends great because of Christ. And then I want you to see in verse number nine, Paul writes this, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That word spirit there is capitalized, and we know the only spirit that's capitalized is the spirit of God. So it's not your spirit and my spirit, it's the spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And Paul tucks that in right there between verse number eight and verse number 10. Paul says, walk as children of light. In verse number 10, he says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord or, or living this out, proving this out or, 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 or living in such a way that, that proves what he's saying is true. But right there, tucked between these two verses, we find it's the spirit of God. Because no longer can we live making decisions for ourselves. No longer can we live in, in, in uh, uh, choosing right from wrong. No longer are we to rely upon our flesh because we cannot rely upon our flesh. In Christian, we don't have to rely upon our flesh. We, once we've been reconciled unto the God, have been given the Spirit of God. And that makes all the difference to a Christian. That's why there's no excuses. If, if I was saved and then it depended upon me to walk as a children of light, you know what I would do? I would fail miserably because all I would have is my life experiences, 
I would, all I would have is my DNA. All I would have is my ancestors. All I would have is my past. All I would have is what I could do in my flesh. And that is not how the Christian can live. And so I want you to see, secondly, I want you to see our help. Now, please don't miss this. Because we're living in a day where the world is dark. And we're living in a day where many Christians are blaming our failures, our defeats on the world, on how hard it is. Listen to me, I will admit in 2021, it is difficult to raise children. Everything, it seems like they can have everything this world offers at, the, at, the, at their fingertips. Someone can be in their room and find the deepest, darkest, most sinful corners of this world alone in their room on a device. I tell my kids, I grew up, when I was in elementary school, I remember we, our entire school, I remember when it got a, a computer. And it was this big box. It was an apple. Not an apple you eat, for some of you that might not know, but it's a, it was an apple computer. And you had to type in code. And so all the kids would run to this box at recess time or whenever they could, and one kid could sit there and type in this code, and this big old long code that you're typing from a book allowed you to play hangman after about 20 minutes of typing in this code. And if you accidentally put the wrong letter in or the wrong comma in or whatever while putting this code in, you had to start all over. Now, now every screen there is, it doesn't matter what size screen it is, we go up and we touch it now. I, I like when you try to touch someone, it's not touch screen. Oh, what, where is this thing from? The 1990s? I mean, come on, how long ago was that? Technology. It's, it's at our fingertips. Predators are getting into your home. Kids are being exposed to things that you never thought they would be exposed to. Husbands are leaving their wives for people they've met on the internet. Wives are leaving their husbands because of people they've met on the internet states away. And if you look at the darkness, if you look at where the world is, if you look at, at the things that are surrounding us, you know what we could say? It's impossible. There's no hope. We could just simply curse the darkness and say, it's impossible to raise godly kids because look at the world. It's impossible to have a godly marriage because look at the world. It's impossible to have a church on fire for the Lord because look at the world. And if we had to depend upon our own strength, I would say that all of us are standing here with an impossible feat ahead of us and we're wasting our time. 
but there's something that verse number nine changes everything. And it's the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your savior, that spirit of God comes inside of you and dwells inside of you. And you and I no longer have to depend upon our own strength, on our own mind, on our own will. We now have God's spirit inside of us that leads us into all goodness and righteousness and truth. And because of that, I can boldly stand today and say, yes, in 2021, it doesn't matter how bad the world's getting, you can raise godly children. You can have a godly marriage. You can have a thriving church on revival, seeking God, pleasing the Lord. We can live victorious Christian lives because it's not up to us. It's the spirit of God that lives inside of us that's leading us and guiding us. That is our help. It's the spirit of God. Look with me in verse number 14 of this same chapter. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Listen to me. This is so encouraging because I put the news on and I hear what's happening in this world and I see, I read news articles and I see the, 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 the sickness and the wickedness and the evil that's all around us. But there's hope. We're not able to live this new life on our own. And I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? I praise God for that. It's the spirit of God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that enables us to walk this new life making a difference. Now, Paul, he shows us the beginning. It starts bad, but it ends wonderful because of God. He shows us then it's because of the spirit of God in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And then last, I want you to see this. I want you to see our life. We find this in verse number 15. Paul says, see then, or, or because of these things, walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Paul is challenging every believer. You don't have to live a life of foolishness or waste or ignorance. We don't have to go through this life hoping things are going to work out. Paul says, I want you to walk circumspectly or I want you to walk carefully. Not walk without care. Every one of us ought to be waking up and every moment of our day, we ought to handle it with care because we don't have our life anymore. It was bought with a price. It was bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and our life now belongs to God in every single moment of our life now is important. You may be sitting here today thinking, what good is my life? If you are a child of God, your life has value. Your life has purpose. And God has a plan for your life. 
Maybe the circumstances of your past may cause you to think that you're unworthy. Maybe the circumstances of your past or situations when you were dead in trespasses and sin has caused you to think that you're unnecessary and useless. But now, if you would trust Christ as your Savior, he gives you purpose, he gives you life, he fills you with his spirit, and now there's a purpose and a plan God has for you. And he says this, I want you to see. Seeing then that you walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Look what he says in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He doesn't say forfeiting. He doesn't say giving up. What he says is making the most of time for the Lord because we're living in evil days. I want to say to you then, Christian, this. We are living in wicked days. We are living in perilous times. I believe with all of my heart that we are living in final days. When I see some of these news headlines that cause us to fear, that cause us to panic, that cause us to worry, if we view it through biblical uh, lenses, if we view it through through the book of Daniel and, and Ezekiel, and you view it through the book of Revelation, and you view it through biblical uh, lenses, you will find that we are living in, 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 in the last days. It looks like things are all falling apart, but everything is falling together in God's plan. Oh, it's easy to see. It's easy to see. And Paul says this to the Christian, make the most of your time. You're not living here on this earth for you. You are living here on this earth for Christ. And every single minute matters. If you were into sports, what part of the game matters most? Every minute. I played, I played football when I was in high school and, and I loved playing football. And as I was playing, my coach, Coach Paris, he would scream and holler at us the first minute of the game like he would the last minute of the game. He, every minute mattered, every play mattered. And he would constantly drill that into our mind. Every play, every play, three yards, get a, get a, get a, get a, a first down, you've got three yards. We didn't have four yards, we had three yards to get that first down. Just keep driving, keep driving, keep pushing, keep pushing, don't quit, keep going. I mean, that was what it started with. It's not like you get out there for just a few quarters and then the final quarter actually is what matters. No, every moment of our day, we're to make the most of it. We're only, we all only have 24 hours in the day. And we are to live as Paul is commanding the, the Christian here to live with a time because it is evil and living, redeeming our time. We're living in an evil day and the difference maker is going to be how the believer lives. Boy, this has been on my heart so, so much lately. What the change is going to be in this world is you and I as Christians. Oh, listen to me. Politicians aren't light. This world system isn't the light. More money isn't the light. Material possessions isn't the light. 
getting everything we can for ourselves and enjoying this world and only thinking about this world. That's not what the light is. You know what the light is? You and I, as a child of God, we are the light. And Paul says, then walk as children of light. Be the difference. Make a difference in our world. Oh, listen to me. We can look at this generation and say, this, we, we poor, innocent people that are born in this generation, how bad it is. Or we can say that every single one of us have an opportunity to redeem the time that God has given to us to actually make a difference in this world, to actually do something for the cause of Christ, to actually raise young people that love God and serve God and that are willing to sacrifice their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us, if we'd learned to redeem our time, could have a godly home and a godly marriage that shows light in this dark world. And I'm challenging us, church, as Paul challenged the church at Ephesus, to walk as children of light. Make a difference. What are, what are we known for? And Paul, where does that clock, who keeps pushing that clock up faster? I think when I start preaching, it just goes quick. Boy, I want to give you so much today. Look at me in verse number 14. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand the will of the Lord is. Would you write this down, please? If we're going to redeem our time, we must know God's plan. And we must know his will for this world. And so many of us, if we're not careful, we're trying to find God's plan for me what he wants me to do and what he wants, where he wants me to go. And Paul says here to find God's will. It's God's plan. I'm afraid if we're not careful, so many of us, we want to invite God into our plan. We want to set a plan and say, God, would you bless this plan? God, would you do this in my life? And what we ought to be striving to do is, God, what is your will? What is your plan? I want to be involved in what you're doing in this world. And what God is doing in this world is what we looked at last month in Missions Emphasis Month. God is looking for his children to be light. God is looking for his children to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into the darkest places of this world. Every single one of us ought to be involved in the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ here in our community and around this world. We ought to be looking at Monclova in White House and in Waterville and Sylvania and Toledo and in Swanton and all the areas around and where there is darkness. Our goal, God's will, is that we spend our time bringing light into darkness. That's God's will. That's God's will. Live a life. Look with me in verse number 18. Paul, Paul says this, don't live as unwise, but understanding the will of the, what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now Paul is saying, live a life, a sober life, not influenced by anything other than the Spirit of God. Some want to take that verse and you say, well, He's talking of alcohol here. And, and Paul is mentioning alcohol here, but Paul, what Paul is saying, 
is don't let anything influence you other than the spirit of God. If there's anything that is influencing you other than the spirit of God, get it out of your life. Let the spirit influence us. Look with me in verse number three. In, or number three, I'm sorry, verse number 19. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Would you please write this down someplace in your heart? Living with the right disposition requires putting the right things inside of you. I love to sing. I love to learn new songs. I, I love, I, I cannot sing. I will be in the car and I'll start singing. My kids will pay me not to sing. <laughs> Please, dad, don't. Our ears are hurting. I love to gather around our kids. My, we bought my daughter a little ukulele and the other Saturday we had someone come over and he had a ukulele and she had a ukulele and they were just sitting there and singing with his ukulele and uh, nothing, nothing more, nothing, nothing was more encouraging to me than to hear them singing. And, and they were singing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Put some, put some uh, uh, music with the ukulele to the, to the words and, and uh, it was such a, a catchy little tune. And I caught myself singing that all week long. We're driving to school one morning and we're just singing that tune. And, and uh, uh, Chloe says, Dad, that whole Proverbs whatever five and six thing that he was singing, let, let's sing that again, can we? And we were just singing that song again, filling our hearts so that we could have the right disposition. Look with me in verse number 20. Number four, would you write this down? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Living with a spirit of gratitude. Living with a spirit of thanksgiving. You see, you're not going to live as light for complaining all the time. And you know what? You don't have to complain about the darkness if you'd expose light to it. Lastly, my time is done. Verse number 21, Paul says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Would you write this down? How do we live in light? <clears throat> we must seek God's plan. We must live a sober life. We live with the right disposition by putting the right things in our life. We live with the spirit of gratitude to the Lord. And lastly, how do we live as light? Make yourself available to others' needs. Make yourself available to others, submitting yourself Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You see, these are the things that it's impossible to do in our own strength, but with the help of the Spirit of God, with His leading, with His guiding, with His direction, with our yielding to Him in our life, we can live this light. In church, Let's not give it up for the next generation try to make a difference. Let's not say that God, there used to be days of revival. There used to be people being saved. There used to be a great work of the Spirit of God. No, God is not a respecter of persons. I believe that God can still do miracles. I believe that God can still save souls. I believe that God is still the one, the author of, of, of salvation. I still believe that people are, can be saved. I still believe that fields are white and the harvest. And what is needed is you and I to walk as children of light. Be different. Be godly. 
Be Christ-like. When you walk into a place that is dark, turn the light on. Don't participate in the darkness. Don't do what we are naturally known to do, but let's add in that situation the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father.